This is Aaron Bird. You're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWG, thetruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. Uh, talk to us about your career a little bit. Uh, we arrived at this point 
at a particular time in our nation's history, and you have always been a conscious brother, as far as I've always known you. So, how did you get your start in radio, good brother? How did we get to this point? Well, as you, as you know, because you were you were here at that very first day, when I met Garth Trinidad, who's my mentor. Um, yes, sir. And and I don't know if I've ever shared this story with you, but literally after um, being training to potentially become an assistant to the DJs, um, my last training session was with. Garth, you were there that night along with Morgan Rhodes, also um, a well-established yes. supervisor in her own right. And right. Um, after after the show, Garth and I was walking and talking, and it's a it's a much longer story, but the the, the steel version of it is um, he asked me what I was doing there at the station, and I said, oh, you know, I'm a fan, but didn't really have money to to uh, support whenever there was a pledge drive because the lion's share of the funding at public radio stations comes from private donations people who just are fans and support what what they hear on the radio and mm. I was a poor high school college student and and uh so just figure my my time was worth money and uh he said no no what are you really doing here and I said what, what do you mean I just told you he said look um you have a great voice you obviously have the, obviously have the right taste in music cuz you, cuz you're here um volunteering um and uh he said to be honest with you I've been looking for for a young brother of your caliber to walk through these doors for a long time you remind me a lot of myself and if this is something you're interested in in pursuing and doing I'll take you under my wing I literally just mm. This is when he was hosting Chocolate City on Saturdays from 6 to 9. And so yes, by the time I maybe had literally known Garth for three hours and 15 minutes at that point. You know, this was like right after his Three show. hours? And three, yeah, because three I, hours? I met him for the first. Yeah, well, well you know, remember his show used to be from 6 to 9. I do, I do, but yeah. that's how fast no, it was? So I didn't realize it was that quick. Yeah, it was literally right after that first night I met him. It was wow. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. So um, I thought he was he was crazy. Um, it was something I had never thought about doing and pursuing. Um, but over 12 years later, here here I am. Yeah, man. And it's funny, I've never heard you share that story before, but I, I totally concur with Garth. You, Garth, <laughs> Garth, you are definitely uh, the heir apparent, if you will. You know Big Boy? Uh, he used to be on Power 106, but he's now on a different major radio station in Southern California. I can't think of the station right now. Yeah, the, but... the 92.3 The Beat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, so believe it or not, you have a similar story to his. He was discovered, I think, by the Baker Boys, who had a mixed show. And on a fluke, yeah, they the asked Baker him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? On a fluke, I think they asked him to sit in on a show. And you know, that, that brother has all type of talent, natural talent. I mean... Just natural chemistry and charisma, and uh, one thing led to another, and, and you, you know the rest, man. The, the dude is a legend. Uh, he's done really, really well, and uh, I, I'm really happy that uh, you could sort of share sort of a similar trajectory uh, with Big Boy in your own right, man. Garth called it right. You're doing well. So uh, what were those first initial uh, endeavors that you undertook because I know you, you needed a little time to travel a bit before you kind of settled in. So talk to us a little bit about some of your earliest days on the air. Yeah, well, um, uh, I, I remember I just had this sense and idea that um, I'm only as good as my, my last show and my most recent show. So I put in a lot of time and effort, effort um, rather, and 
and uh, having the entire, I was, I was on three hours, still more three hours in, uh, a week, and so yes. I had the entire uh, show scripted and completely programmed, um, so I would spend uh, anywhere from like 12 to 16 hours to, to go through music and, and, and prep for my show, and I basically mm. did that every week for the first three or four years um, until I started getting a, a bit too busy to do that, um, but that, that's how it was when, when I was first, when I first uh, got on air, and um, I'm not a person that gets nervous, as, as odd as that sounds. I was never nervous when I when I cracked the mic for the first time. And um, and once right. Garth mentioned this idea that I could be KCRW DJ, even though it was something I never aspired to be or never thought about doing, um, at that time I just couldn't be convinced that that, that wasn't the case. Um, and uh, wow. so I just moved forward and and and, and had that perspective, like with every decision that I made. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's yeah. um, I, I guess it's proven to be fruitful. <laughs> Absolutely. So years later, how many years now have you been on the air? This past April, made twelve years. Ooh, man. Yeah. So that that I met you around about that time. So I guess that makes me thirteen years old, my brother. So uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> Mr. Bird, you've done well with your 12 years, my brother. So when we talk about how your career has advanced as a result of that, uh, those, those humble beginnings, if you will, uh, over the years you've come in contact with some people who have noticed your work, who have uh, observed your obvious abilities, and uh, it's led to some opportunities, namely uh, this one right here. I know it's not the only one, but we're here to talk to you tonight about when they see us. Uh, latest film by Ava DuVernay, now streaming on Netflix. Uh, what can you tell us about how Ava and you first came together for this project? How did that happen? One day, I mean, as you might imagine, um, especially being on a station like KCRW, we get bombarded um, on social media and our, uh, especially our KCRW email because that's public information with uh, messages and sending music and things like that um so i don't actually check my facebook messages all that often but one day i just happened to do it and uh i maybe will check my messages once every two to three weeks something like that it just so happened that about an hour and a half prior to me checking the uh, messages one day this was late october of last year of 2018 um i saw i received a message from a woman named christiana hooks who said that she runs post-production for um Queen Sugar for Ava DuVernay's Queen Sugar and was also running post-production for a project that she's directing about the Central Park Five and that Ava wanted her to reach out to me, um, see if I might be interested in being a music supervisor. And I was like, what? If it didn't make any sense to me, that is, I'm getting this message on Facebook. I started to think it was like a Nigerian prince asking for money type of situation. So uh, I, Googled, <laughs> I, Googled this woman's, I Googled this woman's name and did a little bit of research. It was like, oh, no. Okay, she's legit. So uh, I ended up having wow. a meeting with her and um, picked my brain. We talked about the project a bit. I asked her questions about working for Ava. And, you know, nothing was set in stone and, and uh, uh, nothing had been confirmed. But uh, the end of that meeting resulted in her saying, you know, um, to be honest with you, I've never heard of you before, but Ava was adamant about asking you to see if you were available. I gave her a long list mm. of plenty of music supervisors that had plenty of credits to their name. Um, I didn't really have any credits to my name in the music supervision world. <laughs> but but now after talking to you, I think you'd be perfect for this project. Fast 
forward a couple of weeks later. I meet with Ava for um, what I thought was an interview, and I'll explain why I say that. Um, and mm-hmm. Ava greets me, and she's like, oh, so happy to meet you. Uh, been a big fan, like, you know. And I'm just, I'm like, you know who I am? Like, I, it didn't, like, it was so surreal. And right. so she just asked me, well, tell me about yourself. So I, I started telling her about myself, and we, we talked about all kinds of stuff about 30, 45 minutes. And she never asked me any questions about the project. And, uh, and, I, and I was thinking about that as we were proceeding with our conversation, but I didn't ask and interrupt. Um, we were in a good mm-hmm. flow. Then finally she just cuts me off after about 40, 45 minutes. And she said, so I just want to let you know and stop this right now that this isn't an interview. This is a confirmation. I've been a big fan of yours for many years. Oh, um, wow. Excited, excited about working with you. We're just looking for the right project. And I think this is it. I just wanted to nice. meet with you in person and have a conversation and make sure that you weren't crazy. So now that I know you're not crazy, let's get to work. That's how it started, man. Wow. Well, she should have called me, man, for confirmation that you weren't crazy. I could have confirmed that for her or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, you know, man. It's better shut out the horse's mouth, I guess, right? I guess so. I guess so. Wow. So I've actually seen you uh, do some other uh, stuff, even for television, uh, Mr. Bird. I saw you uh, in a brief clip with Don Lemon one day. I was just shocked. I was just channel surfing and saw you on CNN with Don Lemon. So I know you have some yeah. presence out there. So. Uh, what was it about this project? Not that you would have said no, but the fact that uh, what was it about this project and this story, the Central Park Five, uh, what was it that really, really drew you to this project? Um, I mean, it was, it was a group of things in no particular order. Um, one, that that it, it was Ava DuVernay. Um, you know, she Come on is now. A, she's a powerhouse in the industry. And yes, she has been a big, huge fan of hers, and I really appreciate what she does for the culture. Um, so that's first and foremost. Um, then, then secondly, I thought about um, I wasn't looking to get into the music supervision world, but the fact that it was Ava, and so it was my first time working with her, and it would be my first time working with Netflix. That um, I, I just knew there were the obvious things that would be presented. As a result, as long as I didn't mess up the job, as long as I did a, a satisfactory job, then I knew there would be right. other opportunities to present themselves. Mm-hmm. But there's also this level, be one of the few times you'll ever hear me quote Donald Rumsfeld, but he said something really poignant years ago. He said, there's three levels of knowing. You know what you know, you know what you don't know, and you don't know what you don't know. Those last mm-hmm. two like areas of knowing always are what sort of motivates me and serves as my compass. Like pursuing and seeking out what I know I don't know. And then just the other mm-hmm. aspect that just isn't even the stratosphere of consciousness, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the obvious thing the obvious thing is like, oh, okay, I'll take this gig and then there'll be other opportunities to present themselves. But I also was aware that there's some other things that like aren't even on my radar that's going to present themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Those are the first two uh, reasons why. And then third, not a distant third at all, is that story is important. Um, and, wow. and it means a lot to me personally. Um, you know, these were boys who were now men who look like me. Um, and I wanted to and, and embrace the, um, I guess the best word I can think of now is like a certain level of responsibility and pressure that these men are alive. Um, they mm-hmm. were essentially consultants with the script. 
Um, one of the one of the guys, um, uh, Raymond Jr. Ray Jr. He's a half black, half uh, Puerto Rican guy. He's the one that reached out to to Ava several years ago, shortly after seeing Thirteen, and um, and asked her to tell uh, to tell their story. So that's how it happened. So I knew that they were a part yeah. of the process. This was their story. Um, I relate to them because it's an important story to be told. Um, most people, several people, just kind of know about the idea of the Central Park Five, so they have a vague understanding of, of, of the story. Um, other people who know a bit more than just a vague understanding, what they do know is literally just all through um, the media, and then maybe over the last several years, there's been a few documentaries. But this was the first time when people would actually have a first-person, um, inca- um, a first-person account of how everything that has been literally affected the boys um, who are now men and their families' lives. And, uh, and I really thought it was important and they were deserving to have the chance to, to, to have their story be told. Absolutely. You know, she went to great lengths to emphasize the point that she wanted to humanize these young men because so much had been stated about them on their behalf and definitely against their best interests. And in all honesty, definitely... Uh, in direct uh, adversity to the truth and the facts as, yeah. you know, presented in the case. It doesn't even matter if you believe it or not. The facts were the facts uh, beforehand. It was just, you know, one person's interpretation and deliberate attempt to, to railroad these young men. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, well, I, you know, really, in, 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 in that one person's defense, um, the fact of the matter is it was several people that had the, the, the goal of railroading their lives, you know? Mm. Um, Come on now. Uh, this, 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 yeah, this, this, this happened in concert. There were several people along the line that could have stopped the process that um, were either um, directly involved in creating this false narrative that eventually led to them um, um, spending, spending, you know, anywhere from 6 to 12, 14 years in jail. Um, and then mm. there were other people who were aware of what was going on and still mm. didn't make, uh, you know, made a very, very vague, uh, weak attempt to stop it, if, if that at all. So there were, right. uh, for the lack of a better word or phrasing, there were accomplices. It wasn't just one person, you know? Oh, absolutely. Several people involved, yeah. Absolutely, because you know what I was thinking about. Everybody's talking about cancel Linda Fairstein, and uh, yeah. she, she, there there was a kind, it was a symphony of conspiracy out against these brothers. So uh, let's get into that. This is KCWG, thetruth.com. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome, and we're joined tonight by the good brother, Mr. Aaron Bird, music, music supervisor of the Netflix miniseries, When They See Us, Ava DuVernay's latest project about the so-called Central Park Five. So let's get into the, uh, the, the piece a little bit, my brother. Uh, how did you approach this project as a music supervisor? What did you see as your role, and how did you go about uh, contributing to this project? Yeah, well, as a music supervisor, or I, I shouldn't even say music supervisor specifically, um, Okay. any and everyone who is involved in a project with um, um, a film, well, you know, what's, what's interesting about this one specifically is, though it's uh, a miniseries, each episode is the length of a feature, so they're all at least 60 minutes long. Um, I think, I think in fact, they're all at least 70 minutes long, but... Um, your 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 responsibility and um, what you've been hired for is to execute the director's vision. Um, you know, you have a specific title and you play a particular role, but that but that's what you're there to do. So 
that's how I approached it. Um, I knew mm. that I was I was tasked to be the uh, sonic support for the story, you know. Um, yeah. And and so you know, one thing that was nice about my particular situation, which I'm sure is, is very rare, um, someone who doesn't really have music supervision experience um, rarely gets an opportunity like this on this scale. With you know, after after Roma winning Best Picture, Netflix is legitimately a major film studio um as an a-list director and so you basically have four films at once that you get a chance to sort of mm. um introduce introduce yourself and your talents on so um i i it, ava actually spoke to this it was like i think to a certain extent i had a little bit of a benefit of naivete um i didn't okay. I didn't really know what i was getting into um but right. what was great about that and ava they mentioned this that very first um what i thought was an interview and she she corrected and said it was a confirmation she was like you know i think it's good that you don't have any expectations or ideas that's exactly what this is going to be like because um you weren't you aren't really creating a box for yourself to think inside of right um okay now in addition to that she reached out to me because she listens to my show and what i do and for the most part as long as we abide by fc rules at kcrw as you well know we can pretty much bring right. whatever we want um Absolutely. and um so she knew what i could bring to the table as far as that's concerned um mm -hmm. and you know to a certain extent she likes to think outside the box even if the mm -hmm. song choices that ultimately end up making the cut aren't you know quote unquote outside the box they help to mm -hmm. form the way for instance she thinks about editing the episode um Absolutely. and so in every step along the way um she would either have notes or ideas but sometimes what would happen and what, what was really cool about working with ava is it's quite collaborative um the best way to sort of describe mm -hmm. the way she thinks and the way she um she directs and and, and runs the show as a director is she's um she acts on instinct and part of what that means for her is she has an instinct about someone else's instinct so she, mm. she in many in many instances myself and the composer uh who's a phenomenal uh, talent himself chris bowers um which by the way just on a side note i've known for 10 years so when netflix and ava hired him um they didn't even know that we knew each other so it was really cool to <sighs> to work to work with a friend like that and and as you might imagine it is unbelievably rare to have a, a to have um uh, all black a young black male music team Ooh. that's like unheard that's on, like man. unheard of um there's wow. very few there's 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 very few black composers there's even fewer black mm. music supervisors um wow so with that said we would sit down and have spotting sessions and there would be times where um you know ava would have what's called temp tracks so have a song in place of a scene where she wants a song to eventually be placed permanently um but we mm -hmm. would sit there and she would she would ask our opinion about uh whether or not a song should be placed there um or whether or not music should be placed there. and the reason why i say music is because along that way while we'd be watching the episode not only would she would ask our opinion but also leave it up to us, meaning myself and the composer, as to whether or not we had ideas for a particular scene where there was no temp track, or if we both felt like we could really bring something to to en to enhance that emotional moment. Um, mm. Then she would she would allow us to basically campaign for our choices, and and at times though this never happened, but we were very well aware if we both got to a point where we felt strongly about a, a, a choice, either something that he created or something that I could source. Um, um, then you know it would it would 
it could potentially turn into like a little bit of a competition in which we present both of our ideas and Ava would ultimately choose. Now, we were well aware that that was a possibility of happening, but it never did in this instance. So it was a really collaborative effort in, in which um, Ava had some ideas, but she certainly was um, was uh, uh, allowed herself to 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 uh, uh, be impressionable. Um, right. And so any ideas that we had or um, that we could campaign for or that we could um, have a convincing argument for, like uh, oftentimes that argument went over. Um, and other times she was certainly at the bare minimum uh, hear us out. Okay. Wow. That's fabulous. That must have been an honor to do next to someone of her caliber. And let's talk about some of those tracks that did make the cut, my brother. Uh, you probably didn't hear, but we came in with uh, a track from the miniseries called Love and Hate by an artist named Michael Kiwanuka. And I want to get into another artist by the name of Andrea Triana because you placed a song by her into a very poignant moment of the, uh, the, the, the series. Uh, what can you tell us about those two artists and how those songs fit into the moment? Yeah, well, Michael Kiwanuka, I've been a big fan of for a long time, um, ever since his first, like, offering single and then uh, subsequent EP. And um, that scene that I chose Love and Hate for, it was perfect. Now, that, that takes place in, in part two um, of a series yeah. in which uh, that one song is one song that I have as music supervisor in the entire episode. So, for one, because I only have one song, I wanted it to really stand out and make a statement. Mm -hmm. um, there is, I don't remember the exact lyrics, so, so I can't quote exactly, but somewhere along the lines of um, him referencing um, about the show beginning and uh, so when I, I knew they were looking for a song and they were looking for a song as they were entering the courtroom but also when it begins mm -hmm. with the kids getting out of the car um, and, and uh, walking through the protest and so there's um, there, there's there's yeah. something uh, uh, there, there's the, 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 that composition and arrangement uh, it's really with the with the, with the instrument choice um, yes. you know you sort of it sort of feels it, it feels like you're 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 building to oh, something to, to some sort of like climatic moment um and it was haunting uh, yeah yeah exactly so um it was just something that that um that that came to mind almost instantly to be honest with you that was one of the very first choices that i had for that scene and and thought it mm. worked really well and and ava loved it sure immediately did. um absolutely in regard in regard to um andrea triana um i've also been a fan of hers for a long time um and uh that scene where that song appears um i'm pretty sure is in part three if i remember correctly and that sounds um and, it, and it's it's called a song for a friend, and um, yeah. I was familiar with it because it's a it's a song of of of, of inspiration, of support, and um, you know just sort of talks about uh, keeping your head up. I know it's it's rough now, mm. but I'm here for you. You need a shoulder to cry on, type of deal. And yeah. it also is a song of hope in that sense. And at yes. this point, by the time you get to that part in part three, the there there are very few moments of levity if any at all so you've essentially mm -hmm. experienced like over two hours of just a sad tragic story um, definitely and 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 you know for these men to um have survived and their families to, to have gone what they've gone through and you know 
for the most part, only they know internally, of course, but for the most part, they seem to be well-adjusted all, when it's all said and done, considering right. that their their childhood was, was uh, really stolen from them. And I, to me, it seems like the only, way, the only way that you can make your way on the other side of going through a tragic situation like that is through uh, the, the power and will and love of family um, oh and, 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 a, and a certain level of um, um, confidence and, and being self-assured. And so mm. it, it was important. I thought I think from Ava's perspective, it was important to show moments like that because it it yeah. it, it shows the the spectrum of their humanity, um, mm. as well as as having um, uh, sharing with the audience that there were these moments where the family uh, were literally there in support of at the time the kids, and that also explains how they were able to make it out of a situation to keep their head up and you know not go crazy you're insane um so yeah that that that's that song just made sense for what that scene was was representing yeah let's see if we can get into that because i think that's about the moment mr bird where it got really hard for me to watch because that like you said it was some really dark moments all the way up into perhaps this song by andrea triana a song for a friend and um if i can recall that's around about the time where uh atron or uh, he was talking about, Antron. you know, these people hate me. Antron, thank you. These people hate me. Mm-hmm. They, they don't like me. They out for me. You know, and Donald Trump had put up his ad to, you know, call for the death penalty for these young men. And she was like, you know what? I love you more than all that. I love you mm-hmm. more than all that hatred. Oh, man, I, I had to fight back tears, man. So uh, yeah. great song choice. Let's see if we can get into a little of that, and we're going to come back and talk to you some more. So this is KCWGTheTruth.com. This program is called Psychotic Bump School. We're here with Aaron Bird. My name is DJ Rome. Stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after this track by Andrea Triana. So stay tuned for more. broken pieces to fade and lay your head upon my shoulder till you wake and sleep through the stormy winter we'll escape you know I will be here at the end of the day you know your name When times are hard, I'll hold you close And love heal you And I'll do the same You know I will be here at the end of the day KCWGTheTruth.com And the name of this program is Psychotic Bump School My name is DJ Rome And that was a song called A Song for a Friend by Andrea Triana And it was selected by our music supervision specialist here The good brother Aaron Bird Aaron Bird, like I said before the break, man That, that, that one just got me right there, man It just really started to become a tearjerker And it was some emotional resolution happening in my household As we was watching this whole miniseries Particularly when that song was playing, my brother so, wow. So I have another track I want to play, but before I get to that, 
I'm just curious, what, what was it like for you to get to this project? Because you have to live with this project night and day, 24-7, and there's, the stakes are high. I mean, if you're involved with Ava DuVernay, you want to come correct, but yet I can only imagine the emotional impact that this was having on you as just being a, just being a brother in this country, one, but having the privilege to work on this project. So what was it like for you emotionally to go through the programming of this uh, project? Um, yeah, it was tough. Uh, uh, Chris Bowers, who's the composer, and I, we've been on like uh, some Netflix panels and been interviewed several times, as you might imagine, since the project has, has launched. And um, one of the questions that people ask is like, what was the hardest part? And it's like literally just getting through the story, actually. Um, so it's... Um, it's a it's a a weird experience, um, a very unique one um, to say the least, because um, you have to compartmentalize to a certain extent, because um, you can't you can't be consumed by the emotion of it all. It doesn't mean that you yeah. you dismiss or desensitize yourself, but you just got to concentrate on the task at hand. Um, right. And so, in in addition to that, you have deadlines, and so the pressure of the deadlines, and um, and it and also because there were so many people, as there is, involved in um, film, television, uh, and we're all dealing with all of the same circumstances, uh, deadlines, long nights and hours. And so there's there's a bit of a, a, a sort of a tribe fraternity mentality mm-hmm. that's formed as well. And so absolutely, there's the sense of responsibility to one another. Like you all want to help each other uh, get across the finish line. Um, so that definitely that yeah. definitely helped. And and even and even if you felt um, at disservice or or um, um, a little hampered by this like a, a particular situation or or ask or task. Um, one thing that really kept you going is the idea that I can't let this other person down. Um, so that was that was certain that was certainly uh, a part of it. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, man, you did a tremendous job, and uh, I want to see if I can squeeze Thank in you. one more track that you selected for this project. Uh, the artist is called Dead Prez, and uh, this particular track right here, man. Um, it brought me so much joy to hear it in this film. Of course, I had no idea it was coming, but it took me back to my days in Lamert Park. I remember this track, man, from back in the day. So what can you tell us about what went into selecting Happiness by Dead Press? You know, um, similar to Andrea Triana, um, and it's interesting because it's pretty much the same character, too, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, there's mm. very few moments of, of levity in this series. It's just a, like plain and simple, just a sad, tragic story. Um, yeah. And though I've never been incarcerated my, myself, I definitely have had family members who have been, but either, whether or not you have or you haven't or you've had family members or haven't, um, you got to imagine that that's an incredibly liberating, um, uh, joyful moment, um, getting out of uh, um, prison. So one of the things mm-hmm. that I thought about is um, it, it was a couple of it was a couple of approaches that I had when selecting that choice. Um, I wanted something that people would be surprised by, um, but would it would be surprised by, um, but would recognize if they're if they are hip hop fans. Um, and I guess first and foremost, I should say to to, to preface that and contextualize uh, hip hop fans um, when when people go to jail often, and and I have this from an indirect experience from family members that have gone. Um, you know, they may become aware of things that are going on in the outside world, but for the most part, um, they've kind of they've kind of come out in a time capsule with which they entered in. So they uh, 
they they all were you know this was 1989 that's the golden age of hip hop um there were five young kids of color in New York like obviously they were all about hip hop at that time so even though he was going getting out of jail some 7 8 years later um it made sense to me to have something that uh mirrored um but perhaps in a little bit of a mature sense what he what was familiar to him um and that would be a hip hop track um and the idea that the that the song talks about again I can't quote verbatim but something along the lines of you know just coming around the block and checking out the fly girls and just all the moments that mm. that one 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 feels and and uh, uh, there's a line that says like you know happiness is, is something that we can all relate to so in the, in that yeah. moment again whether or not you've been to jail or 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 you have a family member who's experienced that you can understand and relate to him feeling happy and then oh. just on a very personal level, um, I love that press. I don't, I can't recall um, outside of, of uh, uh, Chappelle using Bigger Than Hip Hop for, for the Chappelle show um, ah. opening song. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't really know of any instances where I can recall uh, hearing them uh, being used in, in projects, film or television. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and, and certainly not. And certainly not that song. Um, at all. It, it was cool to have um, a, a moment where you sort of, uh, as a music supervisor with projects, um, there are these moments because there's so much involved in, in deciding whether or not a song can be chosen or not. There's whether or not you can clear it whether or not you have budget by the time you get to that that point and whatnot so there's like few moments of uh and few song choices that uh, when you get them in you can be incredibly proud of and that was one of the very first choices that i presented for that particular scene um it just made sense and it was one of those songs that i can say um over the six plus hours of the entire series like that um i was really really proud and, and would consider mm. a gem that i was able to choose absolutely it got my attention right away mr bird because uh believe it or not i actually opened for dead prez and erica badu back in the day when they played at uh the house of blues so i was pleasantly pleasantly surprised and jumping for joy when i heard this track so uh, let's get into it. This is Happiness by Dead Prez. We're joined tonight by Aaron Bird. He's worked on this project called When They See Us, streaming live on Netflix, Ava DuVernay's latest masterpiece on the Central Park Five. So let's get into it. KCWGTheTruth.com, Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. We'll be right back with more with Aaron Bird. Stay tuned. It's a beautiful day and everybody's feeling wonderful The ladies is out looking fly, dressed comfortable I love to wake up and feel the breeze through my window Slip on a fatigue, grab a Dutch and roll some endo It be days like these that make life so much easier Fist thawing out, getting stout in the freezer Walk the block at my leisure Summertime is like an anesthesia So many pretty things to please ya The greenery, beautiful birds, natural scenery Or even just the infinite sky We be forever pumping loud and block Or telling jokes in the ride when the weather be hot, 
Everybody be outside having fun, right? Eating fresh fruits and vegetables and good food. Put me in the mood for a festival. Some say the summer make a woman more sexual. It's instinct. That's why my game be right on schedule. I put the great mother nature on a pedestal. She always fly. But today she's exceptional. If I had a chance to make a wish, every day would be just like this. Full of happiness. I feel great. Even though we got mad things to deal with. Happiness is all in the mind. Let's unwind and find a reason to snap. I'm just glad to be living, feeling fine. Leaving my bad times behind feels great. And no, we can't escape from the realness. Happiness is all in the mind. Let's unwind and find a reason to snap. I'm just glad to be alive, feeling fine. Living life one day at a time, feeling great. Great. Yeah. Know what I'm saying? I just want to give a shout out to everybody who got a birthday today. Happy next. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard the children play? Oh, my goodness. I could just let that play on and on and on. This is KCWG, the truth.com. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome, and we're joined tonight by the good brother, Mr. Aaron Bird. Mr. Bird, that's a classic right there. It is. I'm glad you agree, man. I love that joint. Man, that is my song, Happiness by Dead Prez, as it is featured in the Ava DuVernay miniseries, When They See Us, streaming live right now on Netflix. This is must-see television. DJ Rome never recommends must-see television, but this project that Ava worked on with Mr. Aaron Bird, amongst others, uh, you have to see it. And I have to tell you, Mr. Bird, uh, I know we're close on time. Uh, this this might do it for me, man. It's, it's like I'm so my heart is so full from seeing all this suffering that our people have had to go through. What happened to these young cats was was brutal, man. I mean, particularly the story about Corey Wise, episode number four. It, it just brought it was it was it was tears, man. It was tears in my household, man, and I had to fight them back myself. So. Uh, this this might be the one that is the cutoff for me. I need some positive news. I need to see some good accomplishments from our people. But nevertheless, we have to document what really happened for in, in cases like this because this is just five brothers right here. This happens yeah. to millions of us. Millions. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. these stories have to be told. So I am eternally grateful to both you and Ava DuVernay. Uh, what are your final thoughts as you have contributed to this project when they see us, man? What can you tell us? Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Um, there, uh, I, I can totally relate. I've heard from a lot of people, even my my own mother, obviously, mom wants to support her baby. Oh, man. The, for even the first episode, she was like, I had to break it up in parts and watch it over days. Um, she just, yeah. it's really hard for her to, to take. And I've told every right. single person, because I've heard that from a lot of people, um, it's taking the mm-hmm. time to get through each episode of each part. And I always say, um, if you think that it's been hard so far, wait till you get to part four. Um, oh my God! This kind of relates back to your question earlier um, in, regarding um, how you know one gets through that project, and how I was saying mm. you know you really got to concentrate on the task at hand. And as, as tragic and, and and tough as as part one and, and two are in particular, mm. um, uh, you know we we just had to sit and watch and uh, during our spotting sessions when we were deciding and discussing placement for music and things. And part four, those stories that. Constantly exclusively on Corey Wise. Um, that was the only one during the entire experience um, that several of us were literally crying during the spotting session. Myself yeah, included. man. Um, yeah, oh. like it's um, uh, it, it, it was it was uh, it, I, I couldn't think of a better way, uh, which sounds a mm. bit odd to say because it's a sad, tragic story. But I couldn't think of a better way to to close out and end the series um, than mm. the work that was 
doing on, on par four in particular. And the, the guy who plays Corey is phenomenal. I mean, all the oh my god, is just phenomenal. Um, Jarrell and, Jerome, you know, just, I think uh, is his name. Jarrell Jerome. Jarrell Jerome. He's actually oh my god as well. Um, oh okay. But, uh, but yeah, he, he's, he's phenomenal, and um, and they just all did a, like a great job. Niecy Nash was incredible in it mm. as well. And, yes, she was. And uh, yeah, the cast is phenomenal. And then again, I mean, hats off to to Miss Duvernay. Uh, this is, in my opinion, probably her magnum opus at this point. Ooh, wow, that's saying a lot, man. She's she's got quite a track record already already but this this one was amazing man it it, it touched yeah. all the emotional uh benchmarks unbelievable mm-hmm. when they see us y'all must see television so mr aaron bird thank you so much for joining us this evening my brother uh so what's next for you after this one man what, what's coming up next in the career of mr aaron bird yeah you know it's interesting everybody's been asking me that even when i've been a part of these netflix channels and, and i always have to remind people it's like nobody knows who i am you know outside of this uh, uh in this in this uh music supervision world now that it has launched that is sort of changing um in fact i got a uh, email today um, about an hour ago um, about uh, a conversation for a, a series um, that's going to be launching in Point um, I have some meetings coming up with Fox Television and a director for a thriller. Um, so there's opportunities that, that are uh, coming my way. Um, nothing that's set in stone. It's just conversations at this point. But, but clearly this world um, of music supervision has, has, opened, uh, has opened doors, uh, or I'd rather I should say this project and and, and, a- and Ava specifically has uh, opened this this world and the doors to the music provision um, uh, industry. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what's to come um, as far as that's concerned. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. still still on air at, at KCRW. It's live every Thursday night, midnight to three. Every show is still yes, archived and and available to stream 24/7 on the website or the app. Um, so still going strong there and do a little bit of voiceover work and um, um, continuing. I'm a music director at a boutique hotel in West Hollywood. Uh, so still just pursuing um, all, all things uh, music and, and all the different endeavors that that world opens up for me. Absolutely. Well, I tell you, man, uh, I want to wish you continued success and congratulations on a very stellar career to this point. We've only seen the beginning of this. Thank you. And uh, the best for you is yet to come. I know this was a gut-wrenching project that you had to uh, will yourself through at some points of it. I know it took a toll on you, my brother, because it took a toll. It was just 90 minutes that fourth episode with Corey, man. He's like, he spent 12 years of this nonsense? Yeah. I'm talking about Corey Wise, yeah. but just you sitting with this project and, you know, selecting the songs and having to watch it and just uh, mm-hmm. dealing with the emotional impact it was having on you, I can only imagine, man. So great work, great job. Um, I, you, you alluded to this earlier. I'm, I'm definitely running over now, but Ava DuVernay is the most preeminent premier filmmaker of our time right now today, bar none. Yeah. Because the stuff, yeah. the stuff that she's touching on is cataclysmic. And I encourage everyone to watch this documentary. It's not a documentary. It's a miniseries about the life of the exonerated five. That's what we're going to call them now, Mr. Bird, the exonerated innocent five. Central Park like Five that. is what they were formerly known as. You know what I'm saying? The Exonerated yeah. Five, when they see us streaming live on Netflix right now, listen out for the mm-hmm. tracks on the songs or during this project by the good brother here, Mr. Aaron Bird. Mr. Aaron Bird, I love you, man. Thank you so much for doing this tonight. 
and uh, continue success to you, all right? Love you too, man. Great, great. Uh, greatly appreciate you having me on and all the love. Oh, man, it's it's a pleasure. This is KCWG, thetruth.com. This program is called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. We're here every Monday evening from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. normally. Check back with us. We'll be back next week. So in the meantime, I'd like to thank our producer, Mr. Frank Starks, who is the Iron Man behind the board, and we are out. Take care, y'all.